0: is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, welcome
1: everybody. It's another glorious day here. <clears throat> Excuse me in the locker room all of a sudden I got a little little uh, that uh, phlegm type stuff of building up in uh, your throat there. So dear Max, how are you my friend? You're looking I'm sprightly? Doing-
2: I'm doing good. I, I, I thought you were all verklempt, uh, so I didn't know. <laughs> Full of emotion for this morning, you know. I'm just like, I'm like, all right, okay. He 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 felt choked up. He felt honored to be with me. He was just, uh, such a great moment when I actually logged in. So uh, you know, I'm actually-
1: verklempt. All right, talk amongst yourselves. And this and the topic Ta- is how about this? Tom Brady's <laughs> 600th touchdown pass. The ball. Yeah. How the about ball. that one, huh? That's something to talk about. Think about yeah, no. this. All right. No. You got the yeah, 600th yeah. TD pass. Ooh. Mike Evans, Man. what were you thinking when you gave it to a fan? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Well, 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 I mean, but here's the thing. You're like, hey, this is what I always do when I catch a touchdown pass because <laughs> technically Tom gave the ball to me, you right. know, when I made it to get into the end zone. So, you know, technically it's like it's his – I don't know if he knows that it's 600 at that point. I mean, in a game, you know, it's it's like, you know, it's not like they get the, the television broadcast feed, right? <laughs> no. I gotcha, oh, oh. but still you got to 599? This is going to be 600? All right, let's do it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you get caught up in the moment. You're, be- you're beating the brakes off a team. I mean, how are you supposed to guess it at that point? But I will say this. That fan couldn't have been me. Couldn't have been me, Wolf. How's that? Wow. I would wow. have held that th- I would have held that thing hostage. A 600? Oh, six, t- oh, oh my. yeah.
1: Oh. All right, now let's take a look at this, okay? Okay. Because okay. after all Mike right. Evans boondoggled it, right, and gave it to the yeah. fan. All right. So now you send over, I don't know, an equipment guy. You send one of them over. Now we gotta yeah. do a little uh, horse trading here. All right. So uh-huh. now the horse trading is it starts off with um, I don't know, two signed jerseys. Okay, well, um, I'm sorry. The first Brady TD pass went for about four hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars at the memorabilia auction. So, what do you think yeah. the six hundredth one might do?
2: Oh, oh, that that's easily five hundred to seven hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, all right. So we're in the ballpark. Yeah. Maybe even the ballpark. if the
1: bidding got hot, it could go up to a exactly. million. Right. Th- I mean, that, that is that, true. That would be something that would be re- rather remarkable. But you think okay, yeah. two signed jerseys? That's it's not going to get it done, all right. Two no, Tom no, Brady jerseys.
2: They didn't move the needle.
1: It <laughs> doesn't move the needle.
2: Is it is it his first jersey <laughs> autographed, and his, his, the one where he threw the six hundredth? Like I need game authentic jerseys, not right. just the replica you get in the team shop. I I, I want <laughs> the one that he's wearing right now when he threw that one. I don't want him to wash it. Just send it right over here. After the game, instead of doing a jersey exchange, you do a jersey giveaway to me.
1: (laughs) I like that. You're you're thinking already, man. Oh, yeah. You just wake up and you're ready to roll. I mean, you're like, like, Uh, boom. There you go. Hey, l-
2: listen. When when two feet hit the ground after I get out the bed, I want the <laughs> devil to be pissed off. Like, oh man, he's awake again. He's awake. <laughs> All
1: right. So you got two signed jerseys. So then you throw in a Tom Brady helmet, and of course that's signed too. Now, well, is it the to to helmet too? Yeah, Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it it's got to gotta be, be, it's gotta be the one Patriot helmet that he had on the first yeah. throw. And then that helmet that he I, wore in the 600. I
2: want, yeah, I want the Patriots jersey when he was playing the Rams and he slapped himself on the forehead because he was trying to pray, you know, that that the kick was going to go through. That that's the helmet I want. I want that exact helmet.
1: <laughs> All right. So we got that. Now they're going to throw in a Mike Evans signed jersey and his football cleats. I I don't know that I want the cleats.
2: Do you do you want the cleats? I, I don't want the cleats. I, I mean, I don't you want know them.
1: used cleats.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, it yeah, doesn't well, doesn't and, and, it doesn't well, move me. I'm like I'm like, what brand is it? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if they're cool, Nike cleats, like they're Jordans or something. Yeah. Does, that, does that, Jordans a little bit better? Does Nike make Jordan cleats? Oh yeah. Why would you?
1: Have, why would Michael Jordan be interested in cleats when he was a basketball dude?
2: Well, it, it, it's the Jordan brand. Oh, right? okay. So yeah. So he he is. The, so they're pretty much his basketball shoe as okay. a cleat. Because everybody, everybody, you know, wants it. Joe Hayden uh, wears Jordan cleats. Oh, okay. All right, so it's not like
1: Michael wore some cleats on the on the hardwood. No, no. Well, no, 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 no. (laughs) That wouldn't really. Well, I mean,
2: technically, he wore cleats in baseball. Good point by you. uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point by you.
1: Okay, you're you're all over this. All right, so now (laughs) we got a Mike Evans signed jersey thrown in, and his football cleats. Now they also go with a thousand dollar team store. I'm sorry, a thousand dollar team store credit. That doesn't get it. No, no. no, I, mean, no you gotta, I
2: mean, you might as well listen. You might as well do sixty minute shop till you drop in the team store.
1: <laughs> there you go, like supermarket like sweep style. Yeah, like, you like, remember listen, that show? Listen, oh yeah, yeah. That, that so was I'm like before, wait,
2: that was before you. But, did, it, but it was it's called syndication. Oh, syndication. yeah. So I got to see them later. <laughs> Just like, just like, I didn't see Green Acres when it when it was first originally aired, but I, I watched it on Nick at Night. <laughs> uh, yes, the nerd in you is starting to arise, my friend. Exactly, Dobie Gillis. I mean, we we can talk about all of them. My Leave sons, it to Donna Beaver. Reed. Leave it to Beaver was oh. there. Yeah, no, I, I I caught a lot of a lot of the uh, fifty fifties uh, fifty shows. <laughs> so, all right. So now you've got all this thrown
1: in, um, and of course, like you said, the sports memorabilia experts say. The Brady ball is at least worth half a million to maybe you know three quarter mil something like that, right? All right. So now I got to ask you, what do you think the immaculate reception would be worth—the ball that was that bounced off of Tatum or Franco, or that picked up and you know went in when when Frenchy Fuqua either did or didn't touch the ball. <laughs> uh, uh, officially, yeah. he didn't. Officially, he didn't. That's
2: for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, yeah, it, that's it's, that's it's our a, story, and we're sticking my... to it. Yeah, and it says that on my uh, autograph photo in my garage too. <laughs> I, I'll never tell. Thanks, Frenchie. Yeah, I know. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. when he
1: was? He was kind of like like building up. He was going to tell uh, about yeah. five, ten years ago, somewhere in there. He's, he's, you know, I'm, you know, going to this, and he never really told. It. He never revealed it. You know, it was no. funny because he, he, the Frenchman was always just one of those special dudes. But you think about it, Max. I mean. The most incredible play in the history of the NFL is voted by the fans. The fans voted the Immaculate Reception as the play that really stood above all plays as the most incredible play ever to happen in the NFL. To me, that's got to be like ginormous. A Brady ball, yeah, 600 of them. Well, there's 600 out there. You know what I mean? There's 599 other versions of that same thing. Yes, my math skills are always in No, no,
2: no, no, but but it is 600 total. I'm just saying that from that ball, there's 599 other ones. You were right. There are 600 balls out there in in totality. Okay. So So. I ask you,
1: with the one, the immaculate reception, it wouldn't be any jerseys going on here, man. I mean, you're talking about, I don't know, uh, legacy money, man. You got to have, you you know, or or you just get a a small ownership of the Steelers. (laughs) i'd like that huh
2: <laughs> listen if, if i was fortunate enough to get the immaculate reception ball well we also had to put ourselves in that moment right right like in this sure in the 70s so you know we had, we had to take inflation off of there uh right yeah. right we had to think what was the cool car back then you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly so but you think bottoms. about it though what is yeah. more important you know, Tom
1: Brady to Mike Evans, number 600, whoop de doo Or you've got...
2: Lifetime Steelers tickets.
1: Okay. All right. Now we're talking. That gets that my attention. That's must
2: in perpetuity to my family. Oh. Uh, maybe a four... What
1: about a Lifetime box? Huh? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. Now we're moving the needle. All right. Now With we're food saying... food and
2: beverage credit? With food and beverage credit? <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, this This is what us hogs do, all right? Yeah, exactly. Wait, mean, whoa, 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 wait, wait. The box, yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay. <laughs> interesting. But food, food and beverage? Wait a minute. No, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, because, I mean, do I want to get in the box? Bar- and then I have to pay, and everything's like platter prices? I mean, come on, you know?
1: You're give, right. Give
2: me a little something. So. All right,
1: so food and beverage, and I'm saying... You know, it's kind of like the rock stars, you know, what they, they, they go contract-wise. You could have a contract. You go in and say, okay, I need carrot cake every week. I need that cream cheese, yeah. carrot cake, you know, about yay high. You know, cut that baby up, and uh, that's part and parcel of what I get every year. I mean, I, every week, you know I mean, the home games. If you're going to do the, the, you know, the, the box for a lifetime, then you gotta, you got to fund it with uh, some of the greatest foods possible.
2: Oh yeah, and, and I need I need yellow peanut M and M's and the black chocolate M and M's mixed in equally into a bowl that's available to me at all times.
1: M and M's are a great little snackeration, you know. I like to it's mix the, hey the, the peanut and then the plain. You that's my trail mix. See? That'll get you yeah, up and see? over them hills, right? That, yeah. Exactly,
2: easily. I mean, you just. Boom! Pop them, and they go. They fit right in your hand. You shake them around. Pop them. Oh, I love, uh,
1: I love M and M's.
2: Oh, I love peanut M and M's. Oh, I mean, those are great from, too. From, from the flights, right? You know when the Absolutely. guys sit there and do the M M&M and M race on takeoff. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you remember you roll mean, it down.
1: Explain to the fans. Yeah. All right. What, okay, what so, happens? So, so we a, would do now. Explain. This, this is, a, is
2: on a road trip for the Steelers. This is only on road trips. Okay. When uh, we get on the plane, it was what? It was Larry Foot and. I think it was Ike. I was going to say I thought Ike was part of it. Yeah, yeah. It was Larry and Ike would have a contest about who could actually hit the back of the plane um, down the aisleway. So they would take M&Ms, and they would put them on the, on the middle aisleway. And as we take off, they would release them. And whoever's M&M made it all the way back to the galley won Right in that. Right. Yeah, so you had to keep your feet out of the aisleway and – Trust me, they, they, they got real pissy if, 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 your, if your pinky toe was out. Uh, <laughs> they did get out. irate, yeah. you know. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> when I first
1: started traveling with you guys over 20 years ago, I mean, Gadzooks yeah, as far as, you know, when, when that started, the M&Ms and that at whatever point in time it did. I'm looking at this as we're taking off and you're climbing, right? And you're doing, going, yeah. and all of a sudden you see like these M&Ms go by. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and Tunch and I were always in what we used to call convict row. You know, convict row was like as far back as you could put somebody without them being on the
2: tail of the plane. You know, I mean that's right. that's you're where we're at. You're the bathroom attendant. Yeah. You're the unofficial bathroom attendant. That's <laughs> yes. exactly what you. Yes. Hello. Nice to see you again. <laughs> you know those hey, West hey, Coast trips. Flush twice, please. Flush twice. I remember last time you were here. <laughs> and wash your hands. Make sure you yeah. wash your hands. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Did, did, did you did you smell did you smell did you smell your fingers Did you smell your finger No. Okay. Go back in there. <laughs> go back in there and get the job done yeah. correctly.
1: Yeah. Oh. So we were all the way back there. And then, you know, you see these M&Ms just roll by and They go, what in the world is going on? And it was like. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you, at first you're thinking, okay, somebody had, you know, some M&Ms and they lost them. You know. They but then them, when yeah. it happens flight after flight, then you start asking, okay, what's going on with the M&Ms? And that's. I remember it's that. It's a control was drop. It's a control drop. It's a drop. control drop, yeah. you <laughs> yeah. got to find out. It was a science experiment, you know, yeah. and that's, that's important. You know, the part of yeah. the fun is what you guys used to have when, you know, you guys used to do all kinds of crazy things coming to the airport. I mean, oh, somebody had yeah. to get food for you
2: guys. and Oh, yeah. Well, I was the guy that had to get the food. Originally. Oh, were you that guy? And- and then and then years later I I reverted back to that because I realized that the rookies couldn't do it right. So, you know, I was like they handled all they handled the facility food um for Saturdays when you had to come to the facility either for walk walk through earlier or later in the day. So, they would be responsible for that food. Like uh. Airplane food, I couldn't trust them to do it uh, you know, cuz like we tried to order PF Chang's once, that didn't work. Chick fil A. No, wait, um, why didn't PF Chang's
1: work? I like PF Chang's. You know, well,
2: no, we we do, but they would inevitably the rookie would screw up the order. Oh,
1: okay. I see. So, so there's we'd be
2: missing items or oh. wrong item ordered. So so yeah. PF Chang's is great when ordered correctly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. So and then and then we and then we tried uh what was the other one? Um it was PF Chang's. Oh, and we switched to Chick fil A. Which is a great one which is a great one, but... Did they screw they, up the order it, on that one, though?
1: Because you have to work no, to screw up that order.
2: Yeah, no, but it was just timing. Timing was okay. always the difficult thing, because you know that place was popular. So then, finally, I just ended up doing peppy subs for, for the offensive line. You know, I, you can't can call go wrong Pepe's. with
1: peppy subs
2: never go wrong so and i ordered a bunch of them and they knew my order and they had it ready every every time for away games it was right by my house so it was like i'm just gonna do that and so i did that for about four years that's Uh,
1: sweet that's a nice one because they had the rothless burger you know what they did they they did have after how does how does a skinny guy like ben get something named after him when guys like us meat eaters all right the 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 predatory type the the overabundance of calories type guys how does that happen we don't get something named for us
2: I mean, you got the Joey Portobello, too, and then the Heath. Uh, Joey
1: the... was far too lean, you know, muscular yeah, and well, all that, that's, sort of that stuff. Well,
2: that's why he had the mushroom uh, one.
1: Oh, one okay. Oh, with Mushrooms. Oh, steak okay. with mushrooms.
2: <laughs> I was trying. I, I mean, I, I thought for a little while we had the cheese Ultra Starks, which was which was ooh, their ultra cheese steak, ooh, which was nice. That's nice. Yeah. Now, now it's reverted back to normal, but uh, it's all good, guys. It's all good. I don't, I don't feel bad about it. Uh, but yeah, no. So, so. Going to that, that was that was like the routine and the ritual at that point. So <laughs> that was that was what we did for away games.
1: Sounds good. Okay. We got that's a wrap on the opening bell here. It's, you got Tunch, you got oh, I'm sorry, not Tunch. You got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, and that was just a Freudian slip because each and every day I think about my brother, you know, and I know you do too. But that's oh, a yeah. Freudian slip and of course we'll be back in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers
0: Nation Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: And we are back in the locker room, Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. You know, <laughs> I go, y- y- you can't help but look at Cleveland Week without looking through the prism of the 48-37 playoff loss last year. You know, and I, you know, yesterday Mike Tomlin was asked about it, and you know, you're one snap into the game, and now you're down a TD. And I, I you know, Marquise Ponson, poor guy, is he ever going to live that one down? Right? Um, you're down by 28 after the first quarter. You lose the game, 48-37. But I give you this, Max. Back in '89, season opener, Three Rivers, we lost to the Browns, 51 to nothing. Now, oh. this is how bad it got. Okay. After the first quarter, it was seventeen nothing. It was thirty to nothing at half. At the half, by the half, we had only passed midfield once. All right, Ooh. we had eight turnovers. Count them, eight, eight turnovers. Ooh. It's unbelievable. The total yards, as disparate as as they are, uh, was three sixty to fifty three. <laughs> offensively we managed. You you just couldn't have a worse Whoa. day offensively. The defense was fighting its butt off, but there were, you know, uh, they were scooping scores or, or pick sixes, whatever, you know. I mean, and it was amazing, but it was 19-5 to 5 in first downs. But I, what I got to ask you, <clears throat> because <clears throat> here's the thing. You know, some people are saying it's a rallying cry. Well, the problem is that there's a lot of guys that – there's a number of guys on the roster who weren't part of that, uh, you, you know, last year in the playoff loss who don't really know anything about what Browns Steelers clashes are like. It's a new thing. Um we we came back like 3 or 4 weeks later to beat the Browns after that drubbing in the opening uh game of the season. And that to me, yeah, that's a rallying cry. That's in the same year with the same group of people that suffered that humiliation. The whole thing about the, the, the playoff loss, yeah, it, it it does it's a marker for some people, but really it's it's a new year with different people. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I think every year is, is, is its own silo. Um last year's iteration of the Browns defeated last year's iteration of the Steelers.
1: Ooh, iteration. Uh, Hoopy is like but, at home going that Max, he went this class.
2: <laughs> li- listen, I, I, listen. A word a day keeps the dummies away. The, the dummies away. Exactly. There we go. Finish that off. No, but yeah, no. I, I, I do I do it because I know I have I have to give one word. I have to give one word a day to keep your mom happy. So I I gave the one word in the conversation today, and I will use a word later today with Ron. Uh, <laughs>
1: there you go. But, but seriously, uh, tell me about that. Yeah. The the silo yeah. effect is you're talking about.
2: Yeah, because I mean, you yes, there are people who carry over from year to year. Uh, obviously, that's how you have professional teams, right? I mean, Ben right. has carried over for eighteen of those iterations. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I think the biggest thing is is that you can't relive last year. You can only avenge last year, right? True. You can only hope to get revenge potentially from last year, but not everybody is here. Like Marquise is not here to avenge. The snap last year. Right. Right. Villanueva is not here to avenge, you know, some plays against Miles Garrett. You know, you you have guys who are not here anymore. So, therefore, you can't treat it as apples to apples. You could say, oh, well, Ben's still here. Miles Garrett is still here. Joe Hayden is still here. Mink is still here. Like you could go around and and put people's names in there. Baker may or may not be here. You know, uh, Nick Chubb, you know, probably will be here, but not 100% yet. So, I mean, you can pick and choose pieces that are there, but this is a different team, right? Pat Friermuth wasn't here last year. Najee Harris wasn't here last year. Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. Like, we got some pieces. Isaiah Loudermilk, Trey Norwood. I mean, we have – Different pieces here that aren't that aren't that aren't um, necessarily associated with that, so they don't carry that stigma or carry that baggage from last year with them. And so you kind of have to drop your own bag and say, "Hey, let, let let's start something new this year." That's what this season is about. This year, we're writing the history books and it includes new rookies, and they're contributing. We have a lot of rookie contributions uh, in this year so far. So they have they they don't come in with the history you give history for historical perspective as far as about what can be assumed, but at the end of the day, it's about your performance. That's what's going to be remembered. You know, we, we, we honor the memory, but trust me, winning cures all ills. <laughs> yeah. And, and once you beat this year's Browns team, whatever happened last year, that was last year. <laughs> you, you exactly.
1: So that's the point, you know, that I'm, I'm trying to make to give a little bit of reference to go all the way back to 1989, um, you know, when, uh, I don't know, clogs and bell-bottom, bell-bottom jeans were still the vogue or something. I don't know. The point is, going back that far, you know, thinking about it, it was the turnaround just four weeks or so later when we beat the Browns at their joint, right, over in Cleveland. That was significant because that helped to salvage a season that was perilously, peri, perilously close, Boy, perilously. Gotta, yeah, sorry, cool. yeah, I, gotta I got to work on it, you got it, I was it. trying you to throw it. one in for Hoopie, okay, I, so, I, um, I know, you did, you you did, you did a good job, you did a good job, so <laughs> it was very perilous. close, yes, it was that, very close to being to bad. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was a little bit, this early in the morning, man, you know, I, I didn't Listen, get that third cup of coffee, I only had two today,
2: Liz, you got the nose up on the plane, that's all that matters, right, <laughs> nose up, nose up. We're, we're, we're cruising. We're still doing good. We're cruising. <laughs> Absolutely. <baby. laughs>
1: so that salvaged, in my mind, that that helped to salvage the season was coming back. But this is a different animal altogether. It's like you said. It's a new year with new people, and it's about understanding. Yeah, you know, you, you like to go and put a paste on them in their home just because it is. It's the Browns Steelers. This is a clash that's been going on since 1950. You know, and Bob Labriola yeah. wrote a great piece on Steelers.com dot com talking about the running game, the emphasis on the running game all the way back through the series with Cleveland. I mean, beginning with Marion Motley and and you know the great Jimmy Brown and and Leroy Kelly and and all the way through Kevin Mack and my, uh, you know and and further. I mean, the the, the thing about it is these guys, um, the running game has always been a staple in Cleveland. And stopping the running game is going to be something that they've got to do uh, this coming up because that's going to be a big thing going on in Cleveland.
2: Well, I, I, you know, when you look at it, I mean, just the history of all the teams, really the AFC North, you're defined by your rushing and your defense capabilities, right? That prowess, those are two things that always carry when you think about, you know, the AFC North division in general. I mean, we can go into the old AFC Central, but the AFC North has been hallmarked by, you know, each of those teams have a brand of running football. And I think that's kind of what you stake your, your, your success on, is whoever in this division can run the ball better and can, and can stop you better on defense, that's who usually is the champion. And that's usually one of the, the toughest cookies in, in, in the league. Um, you know, the NFC West is getting more to that, but obviously you see more dynamic plays um, by them, but the defense is still a hallmark out in the NFC West, and I think that's the, probably the closest division I compare to the AFC North. Um, you know, especially especially early two thousands, AFC North. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you just you had you had to, listen, listen, like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth, and that was what the AFC North style football is. It's running the football, smash mouth football, and then it, it was smash mouth defense. So you are punching somebody in the face, and you are seeing if they can regroup. And they can put their gloves back up. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, wait.
1: A minute, you know, I got a bone to pick with you because the guy who yeah. said that before, Mike Tyson, uh-huh. was George Foreman, and George Foreman always used to say everybody's got a plan until they get hit with the right hand. You know, because George was a little bit more. I, his, he he kind of flowed Listen. a little bit more with poetry. You know, what I mean, Big George yeah, just, was one just, of those guys that could talk in rhyme. You know what I mean?
2: And also, he had one. Of the, he, he he trained that that right that right hook. Um, oh. Like with ferocity, I mean, I, I've never seen obliques and abs so strong on, you know, to deliver that 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 shot right there. I mean, you watch the training videos where he's just like hitting the side of his bag. And you're just yeah. like that poor bag. Um, so yeah, yeah. That was, so George, I mean, but he was also, you know, in the era of Muhammad Ali, right? So you had to be more poetic, uh, right? When, when you said it, that's a good but point. Then, but but then the bulldog came. Yes. <laughs> And then Mike Tyson yep. came, black yep. on black, black shorts, black shoes, and and a mean attitude with a little part, and and a, a part in his yep. head and a part in his mouth.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, he was, he was great. There's no doubt about it. But here's what I yep. love about Foreman because I, you know, I love boxing. You know, boxing. And yeah. just that's just something to just love watching. You don't say. Yeah, would you well. ever
2: buy a gym? <laughs>
1: Maybe, (laughs) maybe there might have been one for all about twenty years or so. You know,
2: I I might have been there a time or two, driven up exactly, a little workout there, Yeah. 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 So one of the things I love
1: about George Foreman and the Muhammad Ali era was when he they fought right, and Ali visited the gym where George Foreman was training before one of them. He saw the heavy bag because this. I, I read I read uh, Foreman's biography. It's great. You know, yeah. he saw the heavy bag, and people said he actually got nervous. The great Muhammad Ali, he said the bag was bent in a way that, you know, you look at it and you go, oh, my gosh, some guy's hitting this bag, and those are body shots that you're looking at. And they said Ali was actually, like, Got a little bit uh, pale, got a little nervous there, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, you think about it, George Foreman, that dude could bring it, and that dude could hit hard.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it looked like a pinched off straw, you know. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> That's a it great visual. Like sh- Looks like the shape of a bad jelly bean on its side. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. You'd be nervous. You're like. Okay that 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 that's that's the ribs that's uh, that looks like eight through eight through ten yeah uh, <laughs> and how come they're pushed Liver all the shot. way over to the other side <laughs> exactly I was like man that's that's a weird bag to be shaped like that I mean are, what are you protecting there oh no he did that to it it came normal <laughs> all right that's a scary um, so thing it was, gr- it was great it was great meeting you all it was great <laughs> seeing this uh, I'd like to leave nice now. Gym. Love what you did with the lighting. You know, some cool <laughs> banners on the wall. I'm out.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, I, I, getting decorating George, ideas. That's why I stopped by. I was getting decorating ideas. <laughs> I
1: love George Foreman. You, you know, you got George One, George Two, George Three. I Georgina. I, George, yeah, I mean, they <laughs> yeah. were tremendous. You know, he's one of the guys I would have. I just wanted to meet so much, and I've never had the opportunity, but uh george foreman was one of the guys i just all time one of the classiest yeah. coolest dudes
2: L- listen i loved his grill he had an amazing grill and ties he also had the, he he also was the one that introduced me to the zipper style ties that would zip <laughs> up you know it, it was like it was like the adult version of the kid clip-on it was it, they they were amazing uh, yeah. but no i mean you watch the archive footage i mean you watch the old fights i mean george foreman was a dude you did not want to mess with no like you're like. You're like, no, nah, I-, I need to get in, get out, but I need to also have some power because this dude's built like a, you know, like a, like a slab of meat. So, uh, you know, tenderizing him for like five rounds is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. You know, the funny <laughs>
1: thing was they, they they asked George Foreman in his later years after his comeback. You know, he made that yeah. comeback, and he said, "What would you do if you fought Ali again?" And and he did the, uh, you know, laying on the ropes thing. <laughs> and yeah. said, I'd lay on the ropes next to him. <laughs> that was one of the greatest lines ever. <laughs> yeah. I'd just lay on the ropes next
2: to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, oh. l- l-
2: listen, that rope dope man. Hey, the was, rope-a-dope, was, yep, absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go
1: to break. You got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation
0: Radio. Is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Well, on Monday, Browns coach Kevin Stefanski said, We'll see when he was asked whether Baker Mayfield would practice Wednesday. So today's Wednesday, so it'll be interesting to me do we see the Baker out there practicing? In Cleveland, so we'll be waiting for the injury report later on tonight. Be something to talk tomorrow. But you think about it, Case Keenum came in twenty-one of thirty-three, buck ninety-nine, a touchdown, didn't throw an interception, took one sack, did a yeoman's job as a backup quarterback should do. Max, Um, but what do you think? You got Baker, you got Case. I gotta believe that Case Keenum is going to get the start. But what do you think?
2: I mean it is Steelers Browns though and and this, this is this, this is a divisional game and this is a game that matters you know i would say number number 1a and then ravens of course 1b cuz there's just that his <coughs> sorry that history and friction that you can't that you can't deny, right? Right. Okay. Ta- you know, moving a team in, in in the darkness of night, so there's still a bit of <laughs> still a bit of um, poetic,
1: I mean, even poetic. You wax poetic as you speak, my yeah, friend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a little something extra. So it's it st- So they're both ones, but I think you know Steelers Browns the history that is there, the carrying of the torch. You've got just a little bit of extra oomph in in this week, and I think. If anything, Baker knows how important this is from being the guy there and knowing how tough it is against them. That he knows that hey, last year was last year, but this year right. I've got to reestablish myself. Every year you must reestablish yourself and no your question. dominance against said team. And Ben has one of the best win percentages all time against the Browns. So there's that. That that that's what's going to be talked about by everybody. That, you know, in the national media, they're going they're going to hi- highlight. The fact that he is, I think, is 87% win percentage. I think it's 87%. I won. believe
1: that he's he still might be, or at least he was, the most winning quarterback in uh, the Factory of Sadness, otherwise known as First Energy Field. You know. Yeah. Uh, he was the yeah, most no, winning quarterback a... there uh, at one point. I don't know if Baker has surpassed him now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Baker may have surpassed him with last year. But, I mean, you're looking at his record, and you're just like, yeah, he's dominated this team. And being from Ohio, being right. from an area near there in Finley, um, you know, they still have some feelings about that, right? Because you could have drafted Ben if you were Cleveland. You Butch Davis was
1: the was the coach there. W-
2: was the head coach, yeah. yeah.
1: You're, are you seeing Butch this weekend, did you say? Because you might no, want to we'll ask him, say, hey, Butch, how do you feel about Ben now? Because when he was up for the draft, you weren't very impressed with him. Uh, what's your yeah. thoughts now?
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Let's just let's just turn back the page 18 years, shall we?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to remind you of your biggest gaff, maybe, Butch, ever. Yeah. You know, that you l- didn't l- draft Ben. Listen,
2: listen, listen, Butch. I appreciate what you what you did there because you allowed Ben to uh to to be drafted there. And then I got drafted after because Larry Zerline. Right. Larry Zerline oh. was their offensive line coach. I spent three hours in a meeting room with Larry during my combine prep. He was he was one of the offensive line coaches that came down You're kidding for, our, me. for for our pro day. And and so it was myself, Shannon Snell, we were the two linemen that were from Florida that were draft eligible. Okay. And he did he did drills. So it's just two of us. Just two of us out there on pro just day. 3 hours. He wore us out on the field with drills after oh, after we did everything. And then we go into the meeting room on the grease board. And we go through every single play in the Browns playbook. And he wants to see what you can retain. And I just remember at one point, he he, he excused Shannon out of the room. And it was just me and him for like an hour. And I he's like, draw this. Draw that. What do you think of this? What, what would the guard do in this situation? Here's what, here's what the philosophy is. Draw it up how you would do it. Show me your favorite play. Show me, show me your favorite run play. Show me your favorite pass play. Okay, here's what we do. Can you get with this? Do you remember this terminology? I mean, it was, it was the longest, most arduous task I'd ever gone through with, <laughs> with, with a coach. And I just remember leaving that like, my God, I do not want to go to the Browns because if this is my coach on a daily basis, I'm not going to make it. And then um, he comes to you. And then he comes here to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I like so Larry. I was, Larry's a good guy. Larry is funny. I mean, now, granted, we had our friction early on when sure. he first got there. Sure. But, I mean, now, you know, now we can laugh about it. And he, when he was out here in Arizona, you know, I, I went out there because obviously it was BA and company, right? Right. And, and, and Harold Goodwin, Goody was, uh, was a lead O-line coach. So i come in their meetings um, and just sit there during training camp and just sit in the back with Larry. Larry would turn his, his hearing aid off. <laughs> like halfway through the <laughs> meeting cuz he was the assistant coach. And you'd have to tap him when he would when he, he was like, "Max, tap me when when he when he says something that I need to talk about." So I'd be sitting back <laughs> in the meeting just tap Larry. So I mean, yeah, it, it, now we look we we laugh upon it, but back in his prime, oh my god, I was like, "No, Surrey, No, no. You ask way too many questions and you are way too focused on minute details." I'm like, "At the end of the day, the O has to block the X." Right. And now that X is not going to stand still. It's great to draw a little line and make it like a T, right, to show you blocked him. But I was like, but going on the field is a completely different thing. <laughs> I was like, what, whose X is that? X might need to be bigger than what we have it drawn on here. Because, like, you know, if it's Jamal Williams, you got to put an X, a circle, color it in. Right, a big double X, there. triple X. Yeah. Exactly, Casey Hampton. You got to put a big triple X on there. Kimo von Olhoff. You had to put a big triple X on there because he was going to hit you with 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 a club move that was going to send you three man over. Yes, so, exactly. You know, so you know, so but it was funny. We had, I mean, we had a great time, but it sticks out in my mind. I remember that from that draft year.
0: That's interesting that you the, remember the, the that
2: Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. That and the FBI and the FBI interrogator coming in during our uh, during my senior bowl visit. Oh, really? Had go, you had an FBI had interrogator. Oh, yeah. It was like it was like straight out of meet the parents. Like oh, that's it was Robert right. De Niro. Okay. You're sitting in a chair in this open room in this in like this ballroom. There's just two chairs and a lamp and the chairs are close together. And the guy says, hey, sit in the chair. And then he comes to sit down. And he, he, take, he takes your wrists. And has his hands on your wrist. And he asks you a series of questions. Really, I mean, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, they went through an extreme vetting process, um, and ma- mainly because of the whole William Green debacle, and you know it was a whole thing about marijuana, and they were like, they, okay, they, they, so they were like, we had to do a deeper background check on everyone. So, so it was, it was just like ridiculous. I was just like, man, this is crazy. You know, my Sydney, son, Cleveland. my <laughs> son is
1: in the army. He's a major in the army, right? So. Uh, He goes to his new post and um, you gotta do a security clearance and background check, right? So I get a call. uh, I guess I'm on the list of people that they have to talk to, and it's the FBI, right? You're the reference. Yeah. You know, you're you're sitting there and they go, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Wolfley, uh, this is the FBI. Um, They leave me a message because I, you know, and we need to talk. And they hang up. It's like, what? What did
2: I do? <laughs> what? Yeah. you can't just you can't leave a three letter agency name and say we need to talk and just leave it at that. Like I'd sweet Maria, more context you context here. <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me?
1: Give me a little context yeah. of what we're talking about when it's I called like, listen, back. It I was, it was. I know I went to Oslo for
2: a World Strongest Man event <laughs> back here. <laughs> Back at eighty-seven, um, no, 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 I did not know. I did not know her last name. No, what are we talking about here? <laughs>
1: uh, oh my goodness! You talk about that was hilarious, and you know yeah. it was just one of those things that it, it just how do you even like comprehend what's going on? But certainly, you know the yeah. fact is, as um, you look at all this and getting back to what we're actually they worried. went
2: back to my fourth grade teacher. No way! My fourth... Cut it yeah, out. on the background check. Yeah, Miss. G- miss castellano oh my i'll never forget that and and i and i saw she's like max you know the school call you know the school had a call from the fbi (laughs) it's like what (laughs) and then my athletic director from high school you know he told because i do my football camp there he's like max yeah the fbi called oh my goodness that's crazy they they wanted to see your transcripts i was like what
1: (laughs) that's just like lunacy lunacy i tell you what are you crazy yeah all right, so you've got, the, you've got the Browns. You've got to defend the Browns. Okay, we're yeah. winding it all the way back. I'm trying to figure out. Normally, we're going back to Cleveland. Yeah, we're going back to Cleveland. We're getting back so on the not job as far here. As
2: going back to Cali. But you yeah.
1: got Case Keenum. You got Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I mean, I understand Baker. It's a contract year. He's got the torn labrum, he's got the uh, broken humerus. I don't know. How, that's not. How do, who names that humerus bone in your shoulder? you know it's, know, it's, not, it's funny. not humorous it's No, not it's not, funny. there's it's, nothing it's funny, not funny about we,
2: it. when it hurts
1: it hurts when yeah. i do that
2: yeah it, it hurts more than it hurts more to uh to laugh at that moment <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: so but you yeah. know you look at that and max i, I just i don't non-throwing I don't, side that's yeah, the key I, thing is that's this the guy
2: key phrasing that they keep going with
1: is 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 baker bridgewater tough? I mean that's uh, you know Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, that was that was again. I was shocked that he was out there because
2: well he you, well he missed the game, so he's not Bridgewater tough. So now he he classifies. <laughs> oh, that's true.
1: Else. Yeah, so he true, right. He, yeah, he started I think fifty three or four games in a row, and so he's off the uh, the list, the all time list, the streak of, list. Yes, yeah, the streak a, list. He's no
2: longer a streaker. He's no. no longer a streaker. <laughs> Thank
1: <laughs> goodness. He Thank does goodness. have State great State commercials, list. though. I'm he telling has you.
2: Commercials. That Halloween one, have you seen it yet?
1: Yeah, I saw. I love the one with Doug Deacon. Now, Doug Deacon is an oh, okay. old-time uh, offensive yeah. tackle for the Cleveland Browns. He's uh, he was like the touch of the Browns, and he does yeah. you know the the he's a color analyst, and it's hilarious. He's on the PA talking, and Deeks does yeah. a great job in that one. I thought that was hilarious.
2: Yeah, now that one was great, but the one with Halloween, like he just brings out the the nacho cheese dispenser, <laughs> just starts putting it, pumping it into the kids' bag. <laughs> we oh, they're gonna love this industrial <laughs> strength cheese <laughs> yeah. dispenser. That that's yeah, unbelievable. Exactly. The nacho substance. We don't know if that's cheese. They call it cheese, but it should have a Z and and spelled with an E with like a little line over it, right? I mean, because that's not real cheese. It, no, it's,
1: that's it's, there's something. I will product. say this. It- yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. You got we if we have supply chain problems. Get yourself some of that industrial strength cheese, because that stuff yeah. lasts forever.
2: You know that, that will last a nuclear strike. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, it's cockroaches, Twinkies, and that nacho cheese substance. I'm <laughs> just saying that that's that's the holy trinity of survival. Right? That that's that would be the truth. All right, so we yeah. got Baker. We
1: got Baker. <laughs> we're st- still trying to figure out. Know, do we got know, Case know, or do we got <laughs> Baker? We're a little bit off here, but you know that yeah. that's the thing that makes it so much fun. Here's the thing about it with Baker. Um, you're. I can't help but think you're going to have if if I'm a defensive lineman. Let me just put it in this way: I am going after him to hit him every time I can. I want to put him on the ground, having to pick himself up after each and every attempt that he makes to throw the ball. You you know, if he would run the ball, Gadzooks! I want to put a hit on him before he can slide. I might even take a well. I'll I'll leave that call. You know, you might. Legality. Ah,
2: Oops. uh, oops. Hashtag no saints. Uh, Yeah, there you go. No bounty gate out here. Uh, But I think I think you're right, because when you know this non-throwing side, right? So it's his left side. If I'm if I'm the backside guy, you know, if I'm Highsmith, if I'm Watt, if I'm Cam, you know, you've got it. You've got to put, you know, helmet helmet to body. Yeah, You got to put helmet helmet to body and take him down and. You know, I think, that, yes, the offensive line will be uh, more in tune if you have him in the backfield. But at the same time, you can't protect him. He's not in the bubble. I mean, right. he, he, he is sackable, and he does put himself in position to be sacked. So you have to wonder, why would, why would I not want to have a healthier guy out there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean.
2: can take the, And we've proven that we can play against them, you know, play against anybody. So why not go with Case? Case has a history. He has a resume that fits the bill to answer the call as a backup. And I think that would be the smarter, more prudent thing. Allow Baker to heal a little bit more, right? Yes. When it's bone, yeah. it needs time. You know, and yes, it is non-throwing side, but you take but if he takes a hit there, yeah, that pain's gonna radiate down that arm. And oh, yeah. if you're holding a football with two hands and that hand's a little tingly. You might be a little looser. So say he gets back into a drop and he hasn't even gotten back to where he's at the second hand, you take that hit, that ball might fall out. Yes. Because Baker also does not have the biggest of hands. It's not like he can just grip it with one hand and just, oh, yeah, I could do this, that, and the other. Right. Um. You know, so it's going to be a challenge. But I think, you know, the biggest thing is that run game. You must stop the run game to force them into that dimension because if they have a solid run game, that makes it moot. Um, because if they feel they can run on you, that you're overrunning your gaps, you're getting blocked easily, you're not holding the point and two gapping as a D lineman, that's when bad things happen. So everybody must be screwed in defensively to their responsibilities. I think that's what's going to be a big key is staying screwed into your responsibilities because that's a big element of their game all right we got to go to break here hold your hold that
1: thought because we got to get back to that i like that all right Man. wolf starts in the ninjas in the locker room espn pittsburgh steelers nation radio will be back up with jim wexel at the top of the hour
0: coming up life's an adventure and it's waiting hi this is merrill hodge at s bank they know life's for the living that's why s bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it whether you're investing in your home